0: Welcome to the Root of the Matter, a podcast hosted by Sam and Kim.
1: So, on today's episode, uh, we are going to be interviewing Mr. Tony Wood, former uh, Fortune 500 executive, uh, publisher of the book Crazy Good Advice. So, uh, it's it's nice it's nice meeting you, Mr. Wood.
2: Uh, you can call me Tony, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's nice. It's nice meeting you guys, uh, Sam yeah. Cam. It's cool because I've been listening to you guys talk back and forth, and so it's kind of it's so interesting. I've been hearing you in my earbuds, and now all of a sudden here I am uh, on the show with you.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, so uh, to get you know to get um, to get started, you know, what are what is the you know current, I guess, um, thing you. You do more to help people learn about like business and success and yeah. just
2: some, some stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, I'm a former Fortune 500 executive, a best selling author, but I'm an author, speaker, and coach. Uh, and so, because I wrote this book and because I hit the number one in bestseller list, then uh, people started inviting me to speak at their events. Uh, So since I'm not traveling and going anywhere right now in the middle of, you know, a pandemic, uh, then, you know, I'm talking to people like you guys. Uh, And then uh, the coach part. So I have, uh, I have multiple websites, but one of them uh, is called cultureshift.com, C-U-L-T-U-R-E-S-H-I-F-T, cultureshift.com. And Mm -hmm. there's like a free self-assessment there. And then after people sign up for the free self-assessment, they can sign up for some coaching. And I talk to business coaches. Uh, and And so, based on my um you know long career as a fortune five hundred executive, and then i uh, I have a podcast while i where I interview people who use business to do social good uh, and it's called social Entrepreneur. so based on what i'm learning from these hundreds of people i'm talking to, based on all that then i've got a pretty good tool belt that I can help people to. To launch and grow businesses, so that's the kind of stuff that I'm working on now.
1: That's great. So you're you're basically using your using the you know the, the platform that you have through the podcast and through the website to help future people who are interested in business and you know succeed. I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because so it's and and I I work with what we call purpose driven. Business leaders, so mm-hmm. it's people who don't just want to make a dollar but they also want to make a difference right They want to make money, mm-hmm. but they also want to have meaning with that so so that's kind of the the, the kind of person that I like to work with
1: mm. yeah yeah I think definitely I think there's you know a lot of people nowadays who are really focused on I mean, they just choose business because they want to get straight to the money part and they don't want to like actually make a, you know, meaningful difference as you, know, you explain in your interviews. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's you know, I think if if they were to change their approach, maybe it would be, they'd be more successful at the end of the day, you know?
2: It, it can be. I mean, um, so... There were some surveys done a few years back that showed that people will pay a little bit more for an item that has not just a, you know, you're buying the item, but it Mm -hmm. also has an environmental or social impact uh, that people want to work for companies that have a social or environmental impact and investors want to invest in companies that not only have a return in profit but they also have a social or environmental impact and so you know it, it's it's good for investors it's good for customers it's good for the employees and um now keeping in mind you still have to as a business you still have to make money right so yeah. if you're not making money you're a charity you know and mm-hmm. uh, and so it's both how do you do both profit and purpose that's that's the big question
1: yeah so, um, Sam, did you have, want to get yeah, started with? Yeah,
0: um, I'll get started with my questions right here. Um, I was reading some of, or one of your posts on your website, Tony, and um, it mentioned, and this is a little bit more relevant to our podcast, but you mentioned that you had struggled a bit with depression. Um, I have a couple yeah. of questions. Has it been like a lifelong issue for you? And if so, like, how did you manage to overcome it?
2: Yeah, um, so... Uh, you know, f- the first thing I want to say is I have no magic answers, right? <laughs> you, mm-hmm. know, you know, uh, yeah. one of the things, one of the things I think I, the older I get, the more I know that I don't know. Uh, but uh, it, you know, I did for a long time. I struggled with sort of a low-level, mild form of depression, uh, and over the years, I've tried different things. So I tried medicating myself, and I took a Prozac-like substance, whatever it was called, you know, Lipitor, whatever it was. I don't know. Uh, and I took different things over the years and I got on them and off of them. Uh, But I, um, you know, um, I, I, over the last few years, I've been managing mostly with like, uh, I was taking St. John's wort, which people say maybe it's only a placebo effect if you take St. John's wort. I don't know if it is or not. But you know, I seem to be doing okay. Uh, But I will tell you that at the end of 2018, uh, I really had kind of a crisis of the soul i sort of a, a you know uh, i really hit bottom as far as my depression went uh, and so i i had to figure out a different way to manage this Uh, because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to go back and get on a bunch of drugs and, and numb my brain and all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, if that's what I needed to do, I definitely would have done it, but I was just looking for a way forward that didn't involve medication. And, and I ran into some stuff that helped me a lot.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I will say that um, I've currently, I've had some i won't get too into detail for this episode but i've had some mental health struggles myself and i definitely agree with you with the medication trying to opt for avoiding it because it can have some nasty side effects for sure so
2: yeah yeah. Yeah, well you know it's it's really common that uh people who take uh, and by the way if you need the drugs take the drugs right yeah so i'm not trying to encourage anyone not to take and by the way i also have to mention I'm not a doctor, I don't play one on television. I, you know, like, you know, so anything I say should not be taken as medical advice. It's just sort of, this is my life's experience. Um, Mm. And as you mentioned, Sam, uh, that a lot of times, you know, drugs, uh, the psychotropic drugs, these uh, different things that people take for depression, uh, there can be massive weight gain, there can be blood pressure rises, there can be all kinds of uh, nasty side effects. And so, you know, um, and it, it, I keep saying the word and it's like, you know, I don't know, like I'll come to the end of a sentence here in a minute. Uh, But it it really, there is a, the jury is still out on whether or not uh, the theory behind a lot of drugs really work. In fact, uh, you know, a lot of drugs, drugs, they're um, their claim to fame is they're going to boost serotonin in your brain and therefore you're going to feel better. Well, mm-hmm. there's very little evidence that says that more serotonin equals less depression. And so, mm-hmm. so, you know, there's a lot of things to be asked and answered about that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there are other things that people can do in order to manage uh, anxiety and depression.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um and like throughout throughout your experience, you know, you you're talking about how there's you know how like if if you know, you should always try to, you know, if you can not go the the medication route. So what are what are a few things that you think helped you the most in your in your recovery and in your whole process with
2: depression? Good good question, Cam. Uh see, this is why you guys are the pros. You ask the good <laughs> questions, right? So uh so um, one of the things that happened when I first started feeling sort of uh, anxiety and depression in, in kind of a big way, uh, I realized that I was socially isolated, that I wasn't getting out and seeing a lot of people. Uh, and in the middle of the pandemic, I mean, we're almost all mm-hmm. socially isolated, right? Uh, I was dealing with a lot of stress, uh, you know, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself about my work. And so there were a lot of environmental factors that had a lot to do with why I was feeling what I was feeling. Uh, But somebody gave me a book, a a copy of a book, and the name of the book is Lost Connections, Why You Are Depressed, and How to Find Hope. And so I recommend this book to almost everybody. Uh, The guy who wrote it, his name is Johan Hari. Uh, He's from the UK. And what he did was he literally traveled the world. And talked to the top experts in anxiety and depression, and he, like you know, he flew more than forty thousand miles around, and he, you know, he talked mm-hmm. to hundreds of people, and he boiled all his, mm-hmm. all of their research down. And here is what he found: he found that there are nine key causes of anxiety and depression, and only two have anything to do with your genes, your genetic uh, disposition, or mm-hmm. your brain chemistry. And so the, the big story that most of us are told about anxiety and depression is, aha, you have a broken brain. Therefore, yeah. you need to fix that brain with these chemicals and here's a mm-hmm. pill right? Which is a cool story because, you know, I kind of want to go to my doctor and say, hey, this hurts. And the doctor gives me a pill and I take it and ta-da, I'm better, right? So it's a cool story. I want to believe that. But Johan Hari said, um, of the nine causes of anxiety and depression, only two have anything to do with your brain chemistry or your genetics. And so he found uh, that, and the book is called Lost Connections because he's saying, What causes anxiety and depression is us being disconnected from different things. So disconnected Mm -hmm. from like meaningful work or disconnected from other people like we are right now, Uh, disconnected from meaningful values, um, disconnected from even our own trauma. So if something has happened to us in the past, we've sort of buried that. We're not dealing with it that can cause anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression or disconnection from status and respect or one that was really important for me disconnection from the natural world i love to get out get in the woods get outside Um, and then disconnection Mm -hmm. for uh from hope for a better future so uh, and then the last two have to do with genes and changes in the brain so there are all these really environmental and social factors uh, that have to do with anxiety and depression. And what I loved about that is it meant that I have a, and it's called a sense of agency. So when you have a sense of agency, that means you have the ability to do something about it. You, it's in your control. And so I thought to myself, if all this stuff is in my control, then what would my life look like if I was living my best life in any one of these areas. And, and so I, um, in 2019, I did this experiment and I call it my, my year of personal bests. And by bests, plural, I met, you know, in, in uh, my physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual self, social, marital, as a parent, um, my vocation, my finances, my avocation, which includes hobbies and causes. So if I looked at every area of my life and I was living my best life what would that look like? And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that that's something I did in 2019. And it was a big year long personal experiment. Uh, But I'll just stop talking here. So you guys can jump in Mm -hmm. with any questions you might have.
1: So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, uh, I I heard your, you know, your podcast, uh, Thrive, Connect and Contribute, um, which you you also have. And, you know, I remember you talked, you explained those factors, you know, about you know, trying to live your best in every area of your life. And um, I think that's very powerful because I think oftentimes we, because of work or because of whatever it is, people just forget about certain aspects of their life. You know, they just, they focus on like school the whole time and they just forget about their physical health or they focus on, you know, one aspect or the other aspect. And I think that that can not only, you know, hurt damage relationships over time, but it could, you know, damage your own, you know, I guess, health. You yeah. Know, so. yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. the 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 question is, what does it really look like for me to be a well human being? And mm-hmm. if we, you know, if we obsess about one thing, I mean, uh, among entrepreneurs, I often hear this whole thing about hustle and grind. Right? We gotta, <laughs> gotta hustle and grind. I'm gonna burn the midnight oil. I'm gonna be up at two o'clock in the morning, and I'm gonna be coding, which is great. You can do that for a season of time. But if that's your life for the next ten, fifteen years. You're gonna miss a whole lot of birthday parties, you're gonna miss a whole lot of walks in nature, you're gonna miss a whole lot of relationships. So, um so it's important that we figure out holistically for us what are the most important areas in our lives and then how mm-hmm. do we live our best life in all of those. For sure, Sam, for did sure. you have a question for me?
0: Oh um, yeah, I just wanted to make a comment actually on, because I, I went through your your posts for um, your personal best and I was very impressed by all of the goals you had managed to achieve. Um, and I actually do have a question about that. Sure. Um, how, how did you manage to like concoct that plan of like and set forth those goals? Because I feel like that's like one of the very first steps and that's what makes people stick to doing
2: things. Yep, yep. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the first question I had to ask myself is if I were thriving in life, what would that look like? And so I had to to just kind of take a personal inventory and say, what would that look like? Um, And then I had to ask myself, okay, if if I'm going to say I'm winning at this game of life, what am I gonna measure? How do I keep score? Uh, And then the other thing is um, for anything where I found, let's say on a scale of one to 10, let's say I was a seven or even a three or a two, if there's a gap there then what can i do to close that gap what actions would i take and so the first thing you have to do is know where you're at and so i developed this self-assessment and i call it the thrive connect contribute assessment and we can talk about why that name came up but i i put together the self-assessment and so anybody can take it it's free of charge uh, it's on my website on the cultureshift.com website Um, So you take that self-assessment and at the end, you can just sort of see for yourself on a scale of one to, I think I I have it set up on a scale of one to 12. And the reason for that is then you can do four quarters, right? So am I in the lower 25%, 50%, 75% or near the hundred percent? So on a scale of one to 12, uh, how am I doing in each of these areas of my life? And, you know, um, Sam and Cam, honestly, there may be times in my life where I say, you know what, I'm just not going to get all the way to a 12 in this quarter, in this month, in this year, or maybe some of these things like being a parent. Well, for you two guys, hopefully that's not really a thing you're going to start measuring, right? So so maybe not everything applies to you. And maybe Mm. you have to make a decision for this season of my life I want to be a 12 here, but I'm okay with being a nine in this other category because I really have to focus on this thing over here. So, so the questions were, you know, um, what would my life look like if I was thriving? How would I thrive? What would I measure? How would I measure it? What would I do with that measurement once I did it? And so um, the other thing is we live in these, in this um, time of the measurable human being. It's like, uh, I have a Garmin watch on my wrist, uh, a lot of people use Fitbit or other kinds of things, and so I could tell how much sleep I'd been getting, and that was a big area of improvement for me. I could see, like, I was uh, I was using um, My Fitness Pal, which is an app to track how many calories I was taking in and burning. I used an app called Strava, which measures your um, Strava, Strava, which measures things like you know, it keeps track of your fitness level. It also keeps track of like mm-hmm. respiration, heartbeat all that kind of stuff. So I used everything I could plus I went to my doctor and I had my doctor measure my cholesterol and my weight, my body mass index, all those kinds of things. And so I was really trying to figure out if I could measure something, what measurements would I get and then setting some goals and then what actions do I need to take in order to reach those goals. So that that's kind of how I, how I got started down that path.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really impressive and incredible. so yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. because i feel like a lot of people have or people are like people a lot of people are like of intention but not necessarily of action and so yeah yeah, i really yeah i feel like the key to doing all that is really taking an assessment of your life like you did and planning out those goals and making them achievable
2: yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it gets tricky because like, let's say my finances, I know how to measure my finances. I know what the numbers look like. I know what's in my bank account or how many investments I have or how much my portfolio's grown or all that. But then you ask yourself in um, my, my spiritual life, how do I measure that? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. or uh, how do you measure your emotional life? Which is why I came up with the self-assessment because I thought, well, the only measurement that really matters is my own self-assessment. Because if I feel like there's a gap between where I want to be and where I am right now, that's what's important. And so how do I go about closing that gap? So, so I, you know, I measured everything I could, but then I also, um, I also put together this, you know, self-assessment, you know, and, and so things like emotional, intellectual, spiritual, I, you know, the actions that I put around there were things like meditation. I, I meditate every morning. I use a, uh, an app called, um, um, Headspace. Sorry, I almost forgot the name of it. I almost yeah. spaced Headspace. Uh, so I use an app called Headspace and it does a morning meditation with me. Uh, you know, when I do these different practices every day and that and that's how I, I make improvement. And the main thing is, you know, like if I say, oh my God, I need to get fit, right? Well, what does fit mean? How do you measure that? And then also you might try to say, it, it's tempting to say, i'm going to go to the gym every day and i'm going to build up so i'm bench pressing 300 pounds and i'll do it by next week well that's unrealistic right i'm not going to go to the gym every day i might go three days a week or five days a week but i'm not going to go every day Uh, i have to give myself a little slack and grace and then also i have to set realistic incremental goals so that i can continue to prove along the way it's really about um small measurable habits that i put into action and that i grow as i go along
1: so basically those so you mentioned how like when you had you know depression it was because you were neglecting a lot of those things in your life do you think that you know planning out you know how you're going to improve every aspect of your life whether it's you know social whether it's mental whether it's physical and you know relationship wise family wise Mm -hmm. um how much do you think that's affected, you know, your, your overall mental health? Um,
2: um, yeah, it's great question. So, yeah. you know, do I have sad days still? Sure, I do. You know, do I feel a little bit anxious about things? Well, we live in this crazy world right now, right? You know, we're like living at the intersection of uh, environmental collapse, economic collapse, uh, you know, COVID-19, um, you know, civil unrest. All these things are intersecting all at the same time. But thank heavens that I was ready for this because if this would have all happened last year, I don't know. I might have fallen off a cliff. I might have jumped <laughs> off a cliff. I don't know what I would have done, you know, because uh, because I didn't have the resilience in me in order to um, in order to take this on. And you know, um, Sam and Cam, I think uh, one of the biggest things that was a big takeaway last year is at the beginning of the year in 2019, I didn't really get what the point of life was. I just, you know, I was, and I'll confess, I was 60 years old. And and so I had no idea, like, you know, dude, I haven't figured it out by now what is going on. You know, so I get up in the morning and I eat some calories so I can go do some stuff so that I can eat some more calories so I can go do some more stuff and eat some more calories and watch TV and go to bed. And it's like, it's, Really, that's what we're here for, you know. So I really had to figure out what for me was the purpose of it all. What what is m- m- for me my meaning of life? And so it, it wasn't just about like I can't tell you what the meaning of your life is, but this is what I came up for me. I I feel like we are here to connect. So that's the first thing. And and you know if you go back to when when humans were walking around on the plains hunting in tribes, uh, the people who wandered off from the tribe, they got eaten by the saber-toothed tiger, right? So we develop these big, complex brains in order to have social interaction. So we're we're built to connect with each other. We're built to connect with nature. We're built to connect with a higher power. We're built to connect. That's how we are built. So we Mm -hmm. are here to connect. And we're also here to contribute. So you guys are producing this cool podcast. You're producing other things. You're doing other things in your life to make a difference. And so what your contribution and what my contribution are may look different, but each of us are here to put a ding in the corner of the universe. So we're here to connect and we're here to contribute. But here's the tricky part. Before you can connect and before you can contribute, you first have to practice self-care. And so I call that thriving. And so that's, that's where this phrase thrive, connect, contribute. That's where all of that comes from.
1: Yeah, no, there's, I think that's a great point that you said, you know, first, you know, you have to basically take care of yourself before you try to help others. And know there's this, there's this uh, quote I heard a while ago that was saying um, in order to help others, you have to like help yourself. You know, like it, it sounds a bit, Uh, Like a more of a prideful statement, but it's really not because if you think about it, um, there's not really a way to, you know, I guess, help someone else when you haven't, you know, um, been able to overcome those obstacles yourself, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. You know, one of the one of the things in my character and it's based on my family um, is I grew up being reminded that it's very important to be humble that uh, you don't want to get above your station. You don't want to put yourself above other people, right? Which meant that I spent my entire life putting other people first. So there is a balance in here somewhere where, like I said, you can't pour from an empty vessel. So you have to, at some point, um, you know, do something for your own self for your own self-care. So, you know, that, I think it is important that you, you find a place in there for you
1: hmm Yeah, for sure. Um I think that's that's probably I think the biggest, you know, um, you know, as I said, you know, as we talked about in the beginning of the of this episode, that's the biggest issue with people nowadays. They're um they're, you know, neglecting their own their own self. Um and honestly nowadays I think people measure their you know success by you know money, oftentimes solely by money or solely by one thing. And they don't look at life as a spectrum of different things as you as you said you you know you would plan out you know your physical health your mental health your emotional health your you know relationships you know how how you would help your help your community you know uh different hobbies and and so i think those are all important in order to be successful
2: yep yeah i agree
1: yes uh do you have any more questions uh Sam?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Moving on a little bit from the topic of mental health, I mean, this is related, but um, I'm kind of wondering because you've achieved, I mean, a a decent amount of success from what I've read. And um, I'm wondering, like, who in your life has helped you most along the way and, like, what kind of role did they play for you?
2: Mm. Who helped the most along the way? These are deep questions, man. You guys (laughs) are deep. Uh, (laughs) So, um, you know, one of the things that I have often said is – for every person to be successful, you have to work hard, right? So there's like this work hard bucket and then you have uh-huh. to have a little bit of talent, right? So there's the you know, skills, talent, abilities bucket. Um, you have to do something that is useful to other people. So there's the service bucket uh, and then there is the luck bucket. And so you can't have a zero in any one of those columns and still succeed you you know if if you work hard and you have zero talent. And you, you know, do these other things. Well, you're never going to be successful. You know, I I, I used to see these people who would come on American Idol and they would, you know, like they're working mm-hmm. really hard and they want to yeah. sing and they want to be successful. Yeah. And then they would start singing and like, it sounded like two cats trying to scratch each <laughs> other to death, right? Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. terrible. So, so in every one of those areas, and I think that part of that luck bucket has to do one with. Um, just people are kind to you and help you along the way. Um, and, you know, I could go all the way back in my career. Um, there was a guy, his name was Al Horse Chief. He's an indigenous and Native American guy. And um, early in my consulting career, I had this very technical consulting career. Um, he just took a liking to me. And he just said, you know, I think you do really well doing the kind of work that I do. And uh, so there's a woman named Beverly, and I'm going to call her today. And tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, I want you to call Beverly, and here's her phone number. And he gave me this slip of paper on it. And so, like, the next day, I pick up the phone, and I dial it, and the phone rings, and this woman answers. And I said, hi, is this Beverly? She said, is this Tony? And I said, yes. And she said, I'd like to make a job offer to you. And I was like, mm-hmm. you don't even know who I am. <laughs> she mm-hmm. said, well, Al's, Al just spent the afternoon singing your praises. We obviously need to bring you into our consulting company and send you to Miami and all that. And that one move right there, that one moves worth tens of thousands of dollars a year I got per diem, they shipped me all over the country. I had an entire career, you know, the first nine years of my career was based on Al saying, call Beverly tomorrow at eight o'clock. And so, you know, all along in my career, people liked me for whatever reason, they were kind to me, and then they helped me along the way, which makes me feel very aware of the fact that I need to be kind to people and help them along the way. You know, when I, uh, just one more story here. Mm -hmm. When I went to that first consulting job, uh, you know, Al Horst Chief, he gave me this phone number for Beverly. Beverly sends me off. I go to Miami. I show up in Miami and there's this guy there and he is like, I don't know. He's, he's gotta be 950 years old. You know, he's, he's got like this Mm -hmm. kind of captain Ahab beard Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he's, you know, he's the guy, they call him the site coordinator. And the site coordinator was just the guy who would walk around and pick up everybody's timesheet, And then at the end of the week, he'd come around and give you some paychecks and uh, he would coordinate with the, uh, with a company that we were doing the consulting work, work for. And it's kind of an easy job, you know, um, and he was really in bad shape. He kind of, you know, was old and crotchety, and, and um, he, he was standing out. It's a June 1st, and it's kind of, you know, warm in Miami on June 1st, but it was a little bit of a coolish morning, and he's standing there, and he's got a styrofoam cup in his hand, and his hand is just shaking, just shaking and like hot coffee is spilling out of this styrofoam cup and running down his fingers and like steam is coming off of its fingers and we're all standing there you know a whole bunch of us junior consultants we're all standing there we're all staring at his hand like what is going on here um, and his name was Pete and so Pete mm-hmm. noticed that we were looking at this and he goes oh man he goes you know I don't have any feeling in the right hand side of my body And the reason I don't have feeling in the right hand side of my body is because I was in a bad car accident. Uh, And so I've been through some really bad things and some bad things have happened to me. And then he just stopped and he paused and he looked at us and he goes, You know what? You guys are at the beginning of your career. Let me just tell you this be nice to people on your way up in this business and they will be nice to you on the way back down. And I'm here to tell you there is a back down that I'm on the way back down right now and people are being nice to me. And I never forgot that, you know? So I think that Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the helping people along the way, it has to go both ways.
1: So like that's a pretty interesting, you know uh, I mean uh, you know, comment obviously because it just shows that you yourself, you know, since you grew up, you know, growing up here, you know, people will tell you to put others, in, in front of, uh, put others ahead of yourself, I guess. Mm-hmm. And when you apply that in your own life, you know whether it's in business or in your career, other people did do the same for you. Am, am I right about that?
2: Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I mean, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the the karma comes sideways, right? So I might be really nice to somebody and then they punch me in the nose and walk <laughs> away and nothing good ever comes out of it. You know, I mean, that's gonna happen. But you can't stop being kind to people because you never know when somebody's going to do something kind for you that you absolutely did not deserve and that just like you know hey i don't know why that person liked me i don't know why they recommended me for that job i don't know why they called me up and said hey i saw this job today and i saw you and i thought about you and i'm putting the two of you together i don't know why that happens but i think it's just important always 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 to assume the best of people always be kind to people it doesn't hurt it doesn't cost you anything to be kind mm-hmm.
0: yeah exactly something free that gives you know can give unlimited returns i mean yeah yeah i mean especially down down the road it all adds up i feel like so it does yeah
2: it does I mean, you guys must have experienced this in school, right? I mean, there are times when you're kind to somebody and then they just step on you. And there are times when somebody just shows a kindness to you and you just, you didn't even see it coming.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's, um, you know, for me, it's led to, you know, being kind, you know, with with, like teachers and like, it's led and fostering those relationships over time have have led to some real returns. Yeah. So, yeah. Various aspects. I would definitely say.
2: Right. Any other questions, guys?
1: Well, I, I was going to say, you know, in, in my, um, in my you know experience at, at you know, at school, I would say that the, the people who were, I think who had the, who had the most strong relationships, you know, whether it's with their friends or whether it's whoever, with teachers, I think were the people who were kind and would would be you know would would be humble, you know. Not the people yeah. who always thought about themselves first. You know, that's yeah. that's all I wanted to. Um, and and secondly, I, I actually had another question. Um, uh, my last question here about um, there's something I heard you said in in uh, in a speech, and you said that um, miracles happen when you're in motion, <laughs> and I just wanted to see if you could. Oh, I'll read on, on that. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. that's a great question. Um, so, so here's the thing. I, um, a few years ago, I wrote a book, and the book is called "Crazy Good Advice: Ten Lessons Learned from 150 Leading Social Entrepreneurs." So it, uh, it turned into a number one bestseller. It was just a you know great, great book, really enjoyed writing it. And and the way that the book came about is like you, I'm a podcaster. And so at the end of every podcast, I always say, so what's one key piece of advice that you would pass on to other people? Uh, and then I was writing those things down and I put them in an Excel spreadsheet. And then I, I took each one of those key pieces of advice and I put a category beside each one. And then what I noticed was that there were just 10 things that these people kept saying again and again and again. So so I wrote this book based on these 10 key ideas that I've been hearing from all these uh, social entrepreneurs, people with, who do uh, money with meaning, right? So I wrote this book based on that. And then after I wrote the entire book, I just sort of in chapter 10, in the last chapter, I just kind of summarized it all And I was like, you know what, if I took the entire book of you, if you burned this book today, and you just took a little sticky note, and you wrote the message of the entire book on a sticky note, this is what it would say. Miracles find you while you're in motion. And here's what that means. It means it's kind of like we are surrounded by these little uh, coincidences and if you pay attention, you'll notice these coincidences that happen to us, or some people call it serendipity, or some people call it synchronicity, or whatever word, a miracle, whatever word you want to put on it, right? But it's like that chance meeting where you happen to go into a restaurant you weren't planning on going into, and you run into this person who's sitting at a table next to you, and they notice that your laptop is open, and you have this, you know, you're, putting your podcast page up. And they're like, oh, you're a podcaster. Let me tell you about somebody who helps podcasters. And like, boom, there it is. It's like this thing happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you are sitting still and you're sitting on your hands and you're just absolutely doing nothing, it's like you're surrounded by those little miracles, but they can't find you. And it's the second that you stand up, that you go into motion, the second that you start acting, that's when you run into those uh, little moments of serendipity, those little miracles. And that's where really cool things happen. So, you know, miracles find you on in uh, miracles find you while you're in motion. It really is about just sort of those those moments of chance that you wouldn't find otherwise if you weren't already doing something.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I mean, you you know, I, I hear stories you know, every day. I mean, we all do about people who were just, you know, minding their own business, you know, you know, working in, in whatever field they work in and all of a sudden something comes up and you don't really see that happen really when someone's not doing anything, when they're just stuck at home, sitting on the couch, you know,
2: yeah, not
1: contributing, not, you know, um, connecting with anyone. Right. And I think that's definitely, you know, great advice for people who, you know, really want to, you know, be, you know, successful or, you know, want to be successful quick, I guess they should, you know, stay consistent.
2: Um, yeah. 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 So All right. anything else? I think we're done. Sam, you got anything else?
0: Oh yeah. I just wanted to make a comment. Um, I feel <laughs> like what you said, Tony really connects to the phrase. You don't know what you don't know. I mean, you never know what's going to happen if you just take that step outside and, um, I feel like to anyone who's potentially listening to this and feeling uninspired, I feel like it's always important to remember that there could always be that one moment of chance that can happen, that can change everything. It's just about taking that action. People will pick up on that.
2: See, Sam doesn't just have a deep voice. He has deep thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, guys. Deep (laughs) person. yeah and uh so if anybody if anybody's looking for me they can find me online at TonyLoyd.com. but my last name is spelled with one l so it's t-o-n-y-l-o-y-d.com and they can find everything else that uh they want to know about me
0: all right and that's our podcast for today the root of the matter hosted by sam and cam tune in next time